every time I had a project, my dad used to tell me, keep it for yourself, do it, and then after tell it. I will always remember that part. And he's right. You can't tell your project to anyone. You have to have a specific group of persons to tell your project. Hey, it's JP. Hi, it's Excel. And you're listening to Terry Shower on the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. I'm here today with Stephen SVS, who is a Montreal investor, I could say like myself, unlike myself. And we met at one of the Real Estate Investors Club networking events. You can see him sometimes volunteering, manning the book table, being around generally in the ether. And we're going to have a little conversation today about mindset and how Stephen was able to mentally align himself to be able to do what he does. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for the invitation, Terry. It's a pleasure. Always here to help uh, Real Estate Investor Club. <laughs> Great. Um, all right. So just by way of us getting started, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about who you are and what's your journey been to be sitting on this podcast with me today talking about investing and mindset? Yeah, perfect. So uh, to start my journey, I started with investing around uh, when I was 18. Uh, the first fourplex I bought was 18, 19. It was in Sorel Tracy, as I uh, told you initially. I wasn't supposed to be in the real estate investment world. It was my parents who forced me to be in the real estate investment world. Uh, they thought I wanted to, I wanted to have a car, an Acura TL back in the days. And they said, you know what? You were able to manage to save up to 10,000, buy yourself a house. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to buy myself a house. I'm young. I'm 18. I want to flash. I want to drive a nice car. All my friends have nice cars. My turn. And my mom, my lovely mom, convinced me to go into real estate. So we started looking. And with $10,000 back in the days, was still a lot, but not a lot. And the only thing I was able to find was a fourplex in Sorel Tracy. It was a really good life experience. All the type of the baddest tenants found, found them over there, I think. <laughs> they all live in that area, I believe. I had a very bad experience of Sorel Tracy. It, it's a good school, but... There's no value in, in my eyes. I didn't know the area as well. I know some people do very good in Sarah Tracy, but from a guy from the east east of Montreal, go to go to Sarah Tracy wasn't a good call, but at least it was a good learning experience. So $10,000 now the prices of the coaching in these days. So uh, I paid the price for the coaching back in the days. <laughs> and, and then... Yeah, oh, explain to me like what happened from Sarah Tracy. So first of all, like I remember you told me this story like over coffee. So, you know, tell me first of all, did you make any money when you got out of that? What how did that <laughs> then turn into something else if it was such a bad experience? Like just map that out for me. Making money out of it, experience there's no value. <laughs> you can't call you can't price the experience. So, uh unlimited money. <laughs> so, I know how to deal with all kinds of tenants. Uh, the first day when I went to take the collection from one of the tenants, uh, I had to raise my hand saying, hey, I'm the new owner. That's why. That's how I got the first approach from uh, my new tenant. I sold that property maybe five years after uh, because it was too much back and forth. When I was going to remortgage, like when my, my loan was ending, it's either I remortgage or I sell it. And 
there was no value and we didn't like to go. It's like one, an hour of drive. And I don't know if you ever went that area. It's like uh, empty roads. So you go to the, by the 30, it's all empty, empty, empty. So it was boring. So we decided to sell it. Uh, we bought it at 100,000 and we sold it back like I think around 116. So if you remove the agent commission and all the money we put in, maybe we capitalized maybe around the six, 7,000. But uh, yeah, so after that, I didn't buy any properties. It was in 2016, I bought my first real real estate investment like yeah fourplex was an investment as well but my first project was a nineplex in Verdun. little i know i go out from the notary go visit our new acquisition and there's all tape over all over the building saying that it's not people can't live there anymore because the foundation just dropped right away we called the lawyer we called the notary saying hey it wasn't like that yesterday happened <laughs> last inspection we saw it wasn't like that so there's a vis cashier or something like that. So the, the notary freeze the fund and we had a negotiation with the, the, buyer, the seller. And the seller was pretty in a rush to leave the country. So he accepted our offer. And then uh, I went in the journey of uh, optimization and renovation. And since then, I always buy buildings with a lot of, lot of issues. People that don't want those kind of buildings, I'm like, hey, I love those kind of buildings. <laughs> so... <laughs> Anything with fire, with extermination, with soil contamination, uh, foundation issues, uh, roofing, plumbing, name it. That's where my eyes go uh, and find love. <laughs> yeah, call Steven. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right. But like without getting too much into, you know, specifics of the business model and like exactly what you're doing, we wanted to, I, I mean, I wanted to rehash the conversation we had over coffee over what you had to do mentally to get yourself to be able to do what you do. Because I think, you know, we connected, uh, both of us did a, you know, a Tony Robbins seminar. Yes. And, um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about that journey. How do you see your mental journey that ran alongside your, your investment journey? And how did those two things like fit into each other? Like my 100% mental, like the, the state of mind I have right now, it's only after Tony Robbins. But even before that, I, I was the type of a person that goes all in. Like, uh, I'm not scared of a lot of stuff. So I just like jump and deal with it. And uh, I was like, before the club and the real estate investment club, no one was telling out large how to invest. My surrounding wasn't a, a, a about investment. I'm from Sri Lanka. So back home, I'm raised here. I was born here, but my background are from Sri Lanka. And uh, my parents have used to have big lands in Sri Lanka, huge land. And uh, in Canada, you don't find huge land except of suburbs. And but in Montreal, you don't find any. And um, they always had that mentality: we should buy a house, we should buy a, a land, we should have a property. But that was their limit. They didn't have any financial education. My dad was the only food provider in in the family. My mom was a home mom. I was raised in a like, don't think too big. Do, but don't think too big. Every time I had a project, my dad used to tell me, keep it for yourself, do it, and then after tell it. I will always remember that part. And he's right. You can't tell your project to anyone. You have to have a specific group of person to t tell your project. Because if I tell my dad, like, sometimes I talk to him about my project and he's like, he doesn't see the, the big value of it. But if I talk to you, Terry, that you know the risk, you know the investment part of it and all, all that, you will understand me and you, you could 
give me good advice and you could tell me, Stephen, you know what? I heard about this. I could introduce you to one of my friends who does that. We could link on that. But if I go tell to someone that he doesn't know that world, he's going to try us to convince us not to go inside of that project or to tell us, oh, it's not worth it. Or we always hear a story like, oh, property owners, it's not good because you have to change toilet at Christmas Eve or something like that. So we always hear that. But those type of people are not investors like what we found in investment clubs. So mentally, it's always challenging because you have to change your surrounding. If you don't change your surrounding, you will always be stuck. So if you want to invest in whatever, if it's real estate or technology or any any type of investment you want to do, you have to be around those type of people. It's like a... In French, it's sect. Uh, a sect, yeah, yeah. No, a like sect, a, okay. a cult. A cult, a cult yeah. yeah, a cult, yeah. You have to be in that cult because everyone's crazy. Real estate investment, <laughs> it's very crazy. You have to be extra crazy because you have all the media that's against us. Some tenants are against us. Uh, banks now are, are against us. <laughs> so you see like a lot of people in my real estate surrounding, some of them are saying, stop buying, wait and see because they're interested. Tomorrow, they're, we don't know what's going to happen, but it's either they're increasing, keeping at the same rate or uh, decreasing. I'm pretty sure. I'm hoping they're just going to, Stay at the same rate, which is 4.75, I believe, or 4.5. But I, I hope that it won't make any changes. But everyone is like under panic mode because we don't know what's going to happen. The future is like uh, the banks are changing a, a lot of laws. CMH is changing a lot of laws. So we have to believe that what you do is good. And you cannot predict the future. You could predict now. And just you should keep on moving. If not, you're, you're dead. Like if you don't move, you're dead. And uh, I, I recently told a tenant of mine because she was wondering why I bought that building. I told her, you came here with nothing. We go here with nothing as well. In between, just have fun and learn. So I'm doing a big project of decontamination and I'm learning. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm just going with the flow. <laughs> yeah. So uh, every month when I go to the club, you guys inspire me a lot, mindset-wise. Uh, GP, he does he does crazy deals. So, uh, and when you talk to that person, you don't see uh, a person like on top. You see a, an equal person. He talks to you as an equal, and you're like, oh, if he's like that and he does that, and he tells you exactly what to do, why can't we do the same thing? Before the club, I had a small partnership, and they were against all those classes because. You gotta admit, some classes they live with scam and they don't know what uh, what they're saying, and there's just everyone know how to do marketing online, and then uh, they sell classes and everything. But when there's a group behind it, and there's a lot of people behind it, for sure, there's some real education going on. So you have to you have to look at the background, and you have to jump in those kind of schools to be able to think outside of the box, because before you don't know the the difference with, with a fourplex or a sixplex or the how to calculate and everything. But when you learn them and you have people that are here to help you out, it's a different ballgame. Yeah. No, I think, you know, as you're talking, like I was reminded of, um, you know, we had one person in the Q&A session in our last event who stood up and was like, yeah, you know, I'm a young investor. I'm trying to get going. And every time I have an idea, like I bring it to family dinner and then like, you know, everybody who's sitting around the table picks me apart and I walk out of there like with my tiny bit of confidence being destroyed. Um, what do you guys suggest? You know, and I think what you just said speaks so well to that because I think you're absolutely right. Like you can't be totally 
you know, cut off and secretive about everything you want to do, because then you're cutting yourself up from like valuable feedback and criticism from the people who you should be receiving valuable criticism from. And so then that becomes a question of peer group. And then how do you generate a peer group? Like be it, you know, let's say you want to do something, you want to start a business or you want to like become successful as an investor. You need a peer group who's going to help you do that. And if you just sit in your closet and like speak to the speak to the walls about whatever your projects <laughs> are, you're not going to be getting that feedback that's going to help you save time and like learn how to better your game, which is ultimately like what we're all trying to do. And like, yeah, you know, I want to thank you for the, the shout out to the Real Estate Investors Club. But you're actually right. Like, the, you know, organizations like that are uh, instant peer group, you know, yeah. and it, it happens like a lot of a lot of us like. I, you know, I can speak for myself. Like I was a total solo investor for 10 years, didn't have any friends who did this. And it took me a really long time to start to scale my business because I was just like basically working by myself in my room, not around any type of community. And so like when you find a bunch of people who are like real nerds of a certain subject where mm -hmm. everybody, they're a little piece of spice that they can put into the, into the mix. Like I think it, it is extremely valuable and I'm glad to hear that that was a, you know, important cornerstone of leveling up. But so let's, Talk a little bit about coaching, because I think that, you know, in certain circles, people are a bit suspicious of coaching, be it, you know, coming to the Real Estate Investors Club is like a local organization with very specific things. We've both been through the Tony Robbins system and, you know, have seen the impact of like what three, four days of intensive coaching can do. What do you have to say about that? I mean, to, to all the doubters and the people who are like, you know, that's too much money or it's too much time commitment or that's not for me, that's for someone else. Like, why is it that when we walk into last Real Estate Investors Club meeting, like we the presenter has been to Tony Robbins and we all have these like common experiences of doing these coaching programs, not only just in real estate, but in life in general. So what's what do you have to what's your reflection on that? Uh, if you want to compare it pricing wise, OK, if the people are saying that's too much, OK. Let's say for real estate investment club uh, coachings, okay? You go to a notary, it's gonna cost like two, three, four thousand dollars. The lady is gonna read you a document and it's gonna be, okay, sign here, sign here, sign here. Thank you. Have a great day. Like a real estate coaching is gonna cost you maybe five, six thousand dollars, seven thousand dollars. It's seven weeks, eight, uh, uh, seven months, right? Seven ten months? weeks. Yeah, no, it's ten weeks now. Ten, ten weeks. Ten weeks of coaching and you have one on one calls you could do and they don't look they don't read your document. They look all experienced coaches, you included GP and all and everyone inside that they're in the industry. They do deals every day and they giving you without any filter, their knowledge to help you to grow. You don't want to pay that price, but you're willing to pay three, $4,000 with a notary. And she's staying with you for 30 minutes and reading you a paper. And she's not going to say, Hey, uh, Terry, this deal is not good because uh, look at the cap rate or look at the, the, the capex you got put or look at the ceilings are leaking or she's not going to analyze anything. She's just going to analyze the deed of sale, the certificate localization, your mortgage contract. She's not going to give you any opinion. She's going to read it to you. Do you understand? No. Okay. Let me reread it to you. Do you understand? Yes. Okay. Sign here. She's not going to start negotiating. Let's say your loan is not good. And uh, there's a slight thing that the, the lender is asking you. It's a bit aggressive. She's not going to tell you all that. I'm going to read it to you. This is what that, that party says. This is what this party says. Is it correct between you, what you guys negotiated? Yes, perfect. Sign this. Thank you. I'm going to put it on, on, on the register, uh, whatever. And that's it. So you're saying it's too much money to take a class of experienced on the field people. That's what they have to do their own calculation. 
And now mindset. Everyone spends time on Facebook, Instagram, and whatsoever, okay? You waste, I used to waste around an hour, an hour and a half per day on Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat, and all those. Social media. media. Social media, yeah. I deleted all that from my phone. Because I, when I saw that, I'm like, hey, I'm wasting my time. So let's say an average, it costs you, uh, you're, you're, you're making an average pay of $50 per hour, okay? So per week, I'll take my calculator because I'm not that good in math. <laughs> and you don't need to be good in math to do real estate. You could have Excel that, that do miracles. <laughs> so 50 by 7 is 350, okay? So you're wasting $350. It's, it's real because it's seven hours per week. That's minimum. Some people do two, three hours per day on social media. So if you're, if you're getting paid $50, so you're wasting $350 on nonsense, like on, on like, Hey, Terry went to Cuba there. Oh, I wish I could go to Cuba. Oh, Terry went to uh, New York there. Oh, I wish I could go to New York. Oh, you see the new car of, uh, Gislein. Oh, like you're gonna be like, you're looking at other people's life without concentrating on your life. And coaches, they are here to wake you up. Their sell, their product is to make yourself a better person. That's how they do sales. That's why Tony Robbins is so popular because he upgraded people so much in their life. And people, why they're still thinking about him because he does a lot of results. It's like Jesus, when he came to, to, to the world, he did so much miracles. And until 2023, we're still talking about him. Some people don't believe him. Some people does believe him. But we're still talking about him, right? So the same thing as uh, all those coaches. They believe, they, they do good for humanity. So we have to trust them. If one of them, it's more about uh, sales and you want to increase your skills in sales, invest in yourself it's, instead of uh, watching other people living their life. Go work that extra hour that you spend on social media and put that 350. UPW is 400 US, comes to like five, 600 Canadian uh, money when you do online. You could go on site as well. It's going to be a better uh, 100%. You did it, you did it on, on site, right? I did it, I did it in person, in person uh, yeah. seven years ago, and it was $600 US. I was sitting like in the back of, you know, the uh, the auditorium in San Jose. So I had to pay for like my plane ticket and stuff like that. But honestly, like I was already in the area anyway. And to add on that additional $600 US, like price really shouldn't be like, no. you know, I think you, you, you make a point of the notary, but like, the notary is at least related to real estate. Like when you look at the things people spend money on, where you're like, you know, I have people telling me they're, I don't, you know, whatever it is, buying like brand new washing machines for like $2,000 when you can get the exact same machine from the secondhand store, like for half or a third of the price, let someone else take the major depreciation on those appliances or like, you know, whatever frivolous things it is that you're spending your money on. Like, mm -hmm. never mind the notary. Like, <laughs> it's not no, that difficult. The <laughs> it's at least for purchasing a building, right? Like, yeah. like you know, putting together six hundred dollars US or, or you know, even cheaper online, like four hundred dollars US to pay for four days of coaching, you really have no excuse. And that coach, okay, he coaches around maybe twenty thousand people per per event. So I believe his skills are proven. If twenty thousand people comes in an event and trust whatever he says, even if he's not there physically, he's online or whatsoever, whatever he has to say. It's worth it something. So you have to try. Like uh, we could go at La Honde. It's going to cost you like $200,000, $250,000 for two people. And you have, yeah, you have the rush of one day, but you didn't push yourself in another level. Yeah. yeah you had the feeling of going down and up fast, 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 but it's not going to stick for you lifetime. 
me, I did the coaching uh, in 2020 during COVID time, and you did it seven years ago. And whatever we, we learned in those periods still applies here. Yeah. When I do the priming, some mornings, there's a, on YouTube, it's free. Whoever wants to do, go try it, you just write down Tony Robbins priming. Uh, it's a 15-minute priming uh, period. It makes me personally love myself more, love my family more, push myself more. Totally free. So there's a lot of free stuff, but for sure, when you pay, you have the commitment that you pay, and you will be more serious because you paid. You don't want to lose your money. So you have to work on yourself because we are so limited. We don't, we don't, like me, personally, I had some blockage that I never thought was some blockage. And online event, without him personally being here, I was able to uh, unblock those blockages. Enjoying the episode so far? Have you really been listening to the episode or has your monkey mind been taking you off in one direction or another? Our mental habits can be our biggest assets or our biggest liabilities as we pursue certain goals. For me, the biggest performance gains have always come from training my mind. In my book, Mindful Landlord, I talk about how you can train your mind and how you can apply some of these strategies to your journey in the real estate field. The book is available on Amazon and also on its website, mindfullandlord.com. Now I'll stop evangelizing for the power of mental training and let you get back to the show. What, you know, one of the, the sort of aha moments for me was also, um, you know, in talking about like, what is the, let's say if you just think for a minute, anybody who's listening to this, like, what is the thing that you are the best at? Okay. Like if I think of, you know, maybe where I, at the time when I attended the seminar, like, you know, I was doing pretty well, like in, in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, like I was doing pretty well in sports. I put like a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort into my sport. And so like the results that I'm getting there are high. And then I look at some of the other aspects of my life and I'm like, why are those other aspects not at the same level? And then the question is, okay, how much coaching did you do? How much practicing did you do? How much, like, what was your commitment level? How much did you read? And then you think about like, oh my God, all the time and effort I put into getting really good at this one thing. Like I haven't dedicated that kind of effort to everything else. Why would I not apply the same methodology to everything I want to get good at? And I think, be it paying for coaching or reading or like whatever sort of self-development thing it is. Like I think I challenge anyone who's listening to this episode, you know, think for a minute about what are you really good at? And I think if you think about it, you're going to then realize all the hours of learning and, you know, maybe a diploma, maybe coaching, maybe life experience, training at the gym, watching YouTube videos, like whatever it is that you did to get really good at that. That's a totally repeatable uh, process that you can just apply to anything. So, you know, I think that that's like in the argument for for coaching and like, you know, if, if we could say that that's something to do with mindset, it's like understanding that success is repeatable if you yeah. follow whatever, you know, methodology it takes to get there. Exactly. I think that's definitely true. But uh, I see we're, we're kind of uh, coming, you know, we've been having a, a great conversation. I see we're coming a little bit to the end of time and I have two <laughs> questions that I really want to get to because they're questions I really care about. Um, so I think the first one is, I always like to talk on the on the show about lifestyle hits because I think especially in this world where we're like really trapped in the social media cycle that conditions a lot of what goes on in our head, we have a tendency to, you know, think success happens really fast and think think everyone's doing better than we are. And I like to like kind of keep it real when I have people on the show and be like, so what was it like for you? I mean, you told us about Sorel Tracy, but like what other kind of lifestyle hits have you taken on the road to get where you are? What sacrifices, what things did you forego? What, you know, what situations did you put yourself in, in the name of success in real estate? 
Listen, uh, Faf, okay, it happened to me recently, okay? I had a private lender on a project and all, as we all know, the interest rate went high and the CMHC changes the rules and everything, okay? And I, I had a house I was, I was trying to sell. I wasn't able to pay the interest rate on March, okay? Past March. And, uh, and during January, I saw a property. March was the last day I was, I was having my little nest egg to pay the interest rate of that of the house and we're not talking about a small amount we're talking about a big five digit number and i was like you know what let me uh, do the offer on that property because it's a very good property and my wife was saying to me steven you don't have money you're talking about uh, selling your watches or asking people money and everything but you're still doing an offer i don't understand you're cutting on our family expenses but you're still trying to work other deals and for that deal, I had to do a soil test, and the vendor didn't want to, didn't want to do the soil test on his arm. I said, you know what? I still have sixteen thousand dollars on my credit card, <laughs> but I didn't have the, the other the other for to pay the interest rate. So I'm like, you know what? What's the worst that could happen? I had a good connection with my lender, so it was a private lender, so it, he's talkable <laughs> a little bit. Thank you, Nama, if you thought of. <laughs> And uh, I did the risk, and, and at the end of the day, I just bought the property uh, last week, and uh, that's the contamination uh, project I'm, I'm going to do. And I just have to trust, because if the numbers are good now, and you know, in real estate, we could multiply like crazy the, uh, the profit if you buy good. So if the numbers are good, just believe in yourself, and I believe in myself. Yeah, I wasn't able to go out. I, Everyone, everyone, every time that someone was inviting me to go supper and everything, I told him, oh, no, I can't. I've, one, I'm very busy. I have kids. I have three kids, so <laughs> I am busy. But sometimes I want to see what kind of friends are inviting me. I know these, these kind of friends are big spenders. I told them, no, I cannot come. I'm busy with my kids and everything. So I skipped, I skipped going out. And uh, a lot of people think real estate is there's a lot of money. And in social media, we always want to put whatever looks good. I don't want to put myself in the morning uh, with uh, not wash my face or anything. I want to put myself all cleaned up and all nicely done. We want to project our best, but in real life, it's not always the best. You have to believe in yourself and how hard it is. It doesn't matter. You just have to believe in yourself and do it. So that's why like, it is rough, but what's going to happen? Like I told you previously, we come with nothing, we go with nothing. Even if you lose now, my experience will never, never, never be lost. I could repeat. The only thing you have to be is integrity. Integrity. Integrity is, is very important. You have to be honest with your, with, your, with your people. Like when I was having some hard time to pay the, the loan, five months ago, I told my lender, hey, listen, in March, I'm going to maybe start having problems to pay the, the loan. He was aware. And life is so good because I, I had an offer in like uh, February to go notary in end of March. When I did the, the, the 32 units uh, expense, I didn't have that offer. It was like a three weeks notice offer. So I'm like, is it for real? I accepted right away and life went through that. So I believe that when you trust in life and you're focused on your goal, everything will align. It could seem that it's impossible, but I think till now I didn't hit the wall. Hopefully I won't hit a wall. But even if I hit a wall, it doesn't matter. Like I believe that knowledge will still always be there and could repeat whatever I did. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's also a conversation that I often have with people is like, okay, you think that if tomorrow you took away all of Bill Gates's money, he would be working at McDonald's for the rest of his life? No, no, right? Like, be, the people are where they are, because 
of they have certain experiences, they have certain knowledge, they have a certain mindset. And even if you bring everything back to zero, you take it all away. Somebody who's self-taught and who put themselves where they are, not somebody who was given whatever it is, they have the knowledge to put themselves back there. So no, I, I, I think you're, you're definitely right. I wanted to ask you the, the last question um, uh, that I usually ask people when they come on the show, and that is, what do you think we should be talking about in the industry that we're not talking about? What topics, what issues, what, I don't know, maybe way people do business or something that they that we don't mention, like, what should we be talking about in the industry that doesn't get a lot of airtime? Well, the last question you asked is something very important. Learning by uh, the mistake of others and learning by the, uh, the scarcity of others that are still going is something very important. We don't, like, it's not, it's not a good title. Oh, he had a hard time to pay his interest rate. That's not a good title. Or, oh, he lost money on this property. It doesn't sell. You have to put, like, oh, he did 100 doors in two years or uh, 200 doors in one year. But, yeah, very proud for him, very good for that person or that group. But at the end of the day... The real struggle is when he, he had to negotiate, when he had to take that risk, when he had to put that his house and the mortgage and his wife were screaming, were negotiating with his wife or her husband and all that. Like the struggle behind, people don't see it. And when they start doing it, they're like, oh, real estate investment, it doesn't work anymore. Like it doesn't, it's not like before. But no, it is like before. It's always challenging. Uh, every, every life period, it's always challenging. In 1990, yeah, the building were, $600,000 for 30, 50 units, whatever. But back then also people were scared and they were challenging about the loan and everything. So when we look from the from future, it was like, oh, we should have. But when you're on the game, like actually, like now in this market right now, I, re I, I yesterday I received a mortgage quotation at an interest rate of 8, 9%. 8-9%. My private lender used to be 10%. <laughs> now Deja Aldair is giving me 8 9%. So it's fun. Okay, while wow, we're buying, but we have to talk more about the challenges of daily challenges of everyone on real estate. So we don't have a lot of topic on that. You see, the whole convo, like we did 35 minutes. 30 minutes was only about glory. <laughs> the last no. minutes, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. No, but I, but like I generally I like I agree with you and that's I mean that's one of the things I try to do with the podcast is to get a little bit at um maybe the less sexy side that that gets a little bit less airtime, but I think you're absolutely right and I think you know one of the other things is also just um you know vulnerability, right? Like a lot of the times we go to events and you know sure it's fun when you go up on stage you're talking or when you're having like a cocktail party conversation to talk about all the wins and everything that's going right. But I think sometimes the mistakes that you make, the challenges that you face, like all of those things are or just to ask honest questions, right? Like if you're somebody yeah. who's starting out, maybe you want to look more experienced than you are and so you don't ask the important question that would expose how little you know but that's precisely the question you should ask my wife told me this morning uh, she said real estate is something that we always learn something new it's impossible we'll always know everything <laughs> so we always have to be learning 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 we shouldn't be shy I me mean, i'm never shy to talk about my failures and my challenges it's something that i rather share and uh, people will know the real deal uh, behind the investment part I started recently a group of uh, people that want to find deals, to help them to find deals together, maybe analyze, to anal helping them analyze and everything. And it's been three weeks and every time the same issue. 
I'm having so much refusal, so much refusal. People who don't want, they don't want to talk to me. They, they said they don't want to sell, but that's the real life behind our position and everything. I get around three to four no's per week, and I buy around three to four buildings per year. So I'm in love with the no. <laughs> <laughs> like this is a whole, this is a whole other podcast. This is like exactly. a sales <laughs> but but Stephen, so look, we're we're just about running out of time. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to, you know, thank you for taking this time to chat with me, share some of your experiences and your knowledge um, with the audience. Guys who listen to this, um, if you enjoyed the episode, share it, um, tell your friends about it. Steven, how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about what you do or connect with you? On social media where I'm not too much in it now, you could find me on stevensvss. If not, you could send me an email, uh, info at alphaestate.ca, alpha, A-L-P-H-A, estate.ca. If not, Real Estate Investment Club, I do uh, volunteering there, either at the front or the book. I'm, I don't think so. I'll quit for now. It's something great and gives me a lot of value for me and be part of the movement as well. Uh, subscribe yourself to your podcast and come to the event and uh, you will have fun and uh, get extreme lo- lot of knowledge for very cheap price. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, uh, Stephen, for that un- the uh, unsolicited uh, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm very sold for 100%. There's another topic for another podcast. I could, another do, topic but... for another podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Terry, um, for Have a good time. rest of the day. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, remember to give us a rating, leave a comment, subscribe, and share. You can find Terry at terryshower.com. Her book, Mindful Landlord, is available on Amazon. You can also follow her on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. JP is the president of the Real Estate Investors Club. You can learn more about the club's networking and educational activities on Facebook by searching for Real Estate Investors Club. Look to the show notes to find information on our guests and links to material mentioned in the episode.